what the Lord have us to look at this morning. And uh, even though it seems like things are falling apart in our world, uh, I've got some good news uh, that it's really coming together. There's bad news, yes, but there's good news as well. And speaking of bad news and good news, I love this account I ran across. Listen to this. During a transatlantic flight, the pilot came over the intercom and said, Ladies and gentlemen, I'm delighted to be your pilot for this plane's flight. I can tell you the flight is going well. Nevertheless, I have to tell you about a minor inconvenience that has occurred. The passengers on the right side, if they look out their windows, see the closest engine is slightly vibrating. That shouldn't worry you because this plane is equipped with four engines and we are flying along smoothly at an acceptable altitude. As long as you're looking out on the right side, you might as well look at the other engine on that side. You'll notice that it is glowing, or more precisely, one should say, burning. Uh, that shouldn't worry you either. Uh, you'll, as this plane is designed to fly with two engines if necessary and we're maintaining an acceptable altitude and speed. As long as we are looking out the plane, those on your left side shouldn't worry. If you look out on the side of the plane and notice the engine that is supposed to be there is missing. It fell off about 10 minutes ago. Tell, uh, let me tell you that we are amazed that the plane is doing so well without it. However, I will call your attention to something a little more serious. Along the center aisle, all the way down the plane, a crack has appeared. Some of you are, I suppose, able to look through the crack and even may notice the waves of the Atlantic Ocean below. In fact, those of you with very good eyesight may be able to notice a small lifeboat that was thrown from the plane. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you'll be happy to know your captain is keeping an eye on the progress of the plane from that lifeboat below. I don't know about you, but sometimes uh, that's the way we feel. Good news and bad news. Let me tell you what happened to me last Sunday night. After our wonderful time together with the uh, Valentine's Banquet, Everybody else left, and as usual, I'm the last one to leave on Sunday night. I make my tour, my rounds through the church to turn the uh, heating and systems down, as well as make sure every single door is locked on the property. And uh, as I was leaving, the last one, ex exiting out, I walked out to my car. I was parked on the far parking lot. It's pitch black dark out there. I noticed a car riding by. And as I was getting closer to my car, I happened to notice this car, as it turned uh, onto the dirt road, put the brake lights on and made a U-turn, came back to the parking lot and drove up beside my car. It's pitch black dark. I'm the only one out of the parking lot. It's uh, uh, late uh, by that time Sunday night. I'm not sure who is in this car, but evidently they want to talk or at least um, have stopped for a reason. Well... I kind of looked over there, and about that time the window went down. I heard a familiar voice from inside of the car. It said, Brother Randy, 
said, I've been riding by the church for weeks, and I've been wanting to stop by, and uh, I saw you coming out of the, uh, the parking lot, and I just need to talk with you. And I said, okay. And so uh, this young man, 19 years old, got out of the car. We stood there in the parking lot. And this young man said, uh, I've made some bad decisions in my life. He said, I almost lost my life just a few weeks ago. I said, really? What happened? He said, I got involved in some things that I shouldn't have been involved in, and uh, next thing you know, uh, I'm taking these pills, and I almost uh, went out of here. And he said, I'm in a bad fix. I'm in a dark place. He said, I need help. And I could look by the troubled look on his face. Uh, by the way, church doesn't stop, stop after we say the last amen. And as he stood there and I stood there, uh, the Lord began to move on my heart. And, and I began to talk with this young man about uh, some spiritual warfare elements and how uh, that we are in a battle with the world, the flesh, and the devil. And I felt so helpless at that moment as the young man, tears began to well in his eye. I could sense a sense of hopelessness in him. He was reaching out for help. I'm describing a lot of people in our community. And he was just one who happened to stop by. And as we talked with him and prayed with him for about an hour, freezing cold, I might add, and I'd just gone to the doctor that afternoon last Sunday and they gave me antibiotics. But I want to tell you, God showed up and God showed out. And uh, I'm glad to tell you that Jesus Christ is alive. And, and I, when all said and done, I said to the young man, young man, you need to turn to Jesus. You need to trust in Jesus. You need God to, to work in your life. And after I finished praying, and I'm skipping through a lot, but just simply to say, he called upon the Lord. He said, I don't know if I can do it. I said, well, you need to do it. I can't do it for you. You need to call upon the Lord. And I'm telling you today, those of you that are here, maybe your life feels like it's coming apart. And like the world is coming apart. Like this young man, his life was coming apart. And maybe you're feeling today that there's some things that uh, you've got control of, but there's some things you don't have control of. Well, the young man called me. That was on Sunday night. He called me on Friday night uh, just a couple of days ago. I was here at the church and... He said, uh, I want to follow up on our conversation on Sunday night. He said, I'm considering going in the military. I said, but wonderful. And he said, things have begun to come be better. And I told him, and I'm telling you, I believe with all my heart. I said, listen, if you get your spiritual life right with God, I think everything else will fall in place. And there's some of us today that need to... Uh, uh, maybe uh, draw near to God and do some business with the Lord today because things aren't going maybe according to the way you'd like them to go. Well, I want to tell you there's three reasons why you ought to trust the Lord today and ought to trust the Lord today. And we're looking today at the book of Mark chapter 13. We're looking at the book of Mark chapter 13. And there's three reasons why you and I ought to trust the Lord and I want to, if I can, uh, use this as a text in Mark chapter 13 as the message today entitled, Things Falling Apart. Things Falling Apart. And here's where we're going to the message today. Three reasons why 
you ought to just trust the Lord. Maybe things aren't falling apart. Maybe, maybe in your life you've got things together. But it might be this afternoon some things start unraveling. It, it might be a little bit later in the week that you get a phone call and you're all of a sudden you're finding yourself with things going chaotic in your life. Well, I'm glad to tell you uh, that uh, though things look like they're falling apart, God's holding them together. Oh, yes, he is. It's kind of like looking at a remodeling house. When you ever seen a remodeling house, everything is in disarray. It looks like it's just in a chaotic situation. But there's a plan. There's a uh, plan for what's going to take place. And I've got news for you today. In the Gospel of Mark, chapter 13, we'll see, number one, are things coming apart in your life? Number two, uh, God is bringing some things together. Uh, things don't have to be coming apart. They can be coming together. And uh, uh, things are falling apart. And then things coming together. And then God is bringing it together. I'm looking at the Gospel of Mark, chapter 13. If you'd like to stand to read the Word of God, I want to read first uh, verses 1 through 8. Verses 1 through 8. Now, this is a parallel passage to what we call the Olivet Discourse in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 24, also recorded in the 21st chapter of the Gospel of Luke. And as he went out of the temple, one of his disciples said unto him, Master, see what manner of stones and what buildings are here. And Jesus answering said unto him, Seest thou these great buildings? There shall not be left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. That's verse 2 of chapter 13, if you're wondering. And so this was fulfilled in 70 A.D., 40 years after Jesus made this prediction. And yet there are future um, fulfillments or prophetic uh, suggestions that will take place after this 70 A.D. event. Notice verse 3. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives over against the temple, Peter and James and John and Andrew asked him privately, tell us, when shall these things be and what shall be the sign when all these things shall be fulfilled? And Jesus answering them began to say, take heed lest any man deceive you or mislead you, for many will come in my name saying, I am Christ and shall deceive many. And when you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, be ye not troubled, for such things must needs be, but the end shall not yet, not be yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be earthquakes in diverse places, and there shall be famines and troubles, or birth pains, as some translated. There shall be famines, notice, and troubles, and Matthew's gospel says pestilences, and these are the beginning of birth pains or sorrows. Now, won't you skip to verse 23? Jesus said, but take heed, behold, I have foretold you all things. The Lord has told us a lot of the things are going to happen, will happen. And then skip down to verse 33. Take heed, watch and pray, for you know not when the time is come. Father, I'm weak, but you're my strength. I'm nothing, but you're my everything. And I want to bless you today that you love me, and I thank you for your goodness and your grace and your precious cleansing blood. 
And I thank you the joy of the Lord is our strength. And I pray now that I'd decrease and you'd increase and that uh, you'd give us eyes to see what's going on around us and you'd give us ears to hear the still small voice of the Holy Spirit and you'd give us hearts uh, yielded and surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus Christ that the Holy Spirit of God would invade us, cut us loose from every weight and everything that would hinder us from being all that we need to be in these days. We, Lord, we just bless you that you're on your throne and that you told us these things would happen beforehand. So help us, our God, in these days to keep marching forward, to keep fighting the good fight of faith. And I pray, God, for those today that aren't saved. And Lord, you know those that are here that are on the brink of eternity, one breath away from the grave. I pray in the name of Jesus that you'll trouble souls today and that God, the Holy Spirit of God, will convict the world of sin, righteousness, and of judgment. And then those of us that are, Father, you'll help us not to be preoccupied with the things of the world, but, Lord, we'd be in step and tune and, and uh, oh, God, and, oh, God, and focus with your will for our life. Thank you for those that have gathered. And I pray, Father, you'd help us to be like the men of Issachar, understanding the times in which we live, that we'd be busy about your business, the master's business. And I thank you for the souls that uh, you've placed beyond us in uh, the church. And I thank you for the work of the ministry. So many laboring, so many working, so many, our God, making a difference. And I pray you'll uh, help us to not get weary in well-doing. You said in due season we shall reap if we faint not. And so we yield afresh this time. And thank you now for the blood of the Lamb. Thank you now that Satan's a liar. I pray for this young man. God, that you'd bring him all the way through and you'd change his heart and you'd, God, give him grace to come under the authority of your word and you'd do that for every one of us today, every mom, every daddy, every grandparent. God, you know where the enemy is coming in like a flood. So, Father, we just ask now, uh, bind the enemy. Thank you now for victory in Jesus. We love you, Lord. Bless you, worship you, give you our all in all. And take the throne of our heart. Wash every part. God, all motives, all ulterior motives, all sins of omission, all sins of commission. Father, everything. God, just wash me thoroughly. And I pray for that every person here. God, that you'd change us, that you'd fill us afresh and anew. You'd help us not to pretend and help us not to go through the motions. Help us, dear Lord, not to play games and play church. But God, get really serious and get sober. And Father, get uh, surrendered to taking up a cross daily, following you, denying yourself. Whatever time we got left, I thank you, God, uh, for the privilege of serving you. Hallelujah. And being called a child of the living God. Thank you for your church. Thank you for every Sunday school teacher. Thank you for every work and every ministry, God. We love you and give you praise now. You're doing a great work. And we just recognize we're unworthy, but you're worthy. So be exalted, we pray, in the heavens. And we thank you now in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen, and amen. You may be seated. All righty, here's where we're going today. And y'all pray as we go in the message. Number one. Jesus said, 
that nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be earthquakes in diverse places, and there shall be famines and troubles, and these are the beginning of sorrows. Now, the question is, are we facing today apocalyptic signs in regards to the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ? There are those who tell us today these are some cataclysmic, catastrophic events that are unfolding before our very eyes. Could this be the end times? Could this be a fulfillment of Bible prophecy? You say, what do you mean, Brother Pastor? What about the coronavirus? This is no little small thing. Now we're told 28 countries are infected with this coronavirus. I read just yesterday where President Trump was upset because of several Americans have carried this coronavirus into America. You hear me? 28 countries. At least 1,400 people have died from the coronavirus. Experts suggest there's far more exceedingly numbers besides 1,400. And uh, I'm not an alarmist or an extremist. I'm just simply saying what's going on today. Jesus let us know that there would be pestilences and there'd be famines in the last days. Now, the question is, are these apocalyptic signs? And I want to suggest to you that there are some other events that are going on in our world that certainly ought to get our attention, even though this is not, hear me, this is not a fulfillment of Matthew chapter 24 and Mark chapter 13. Why? Because in Mark chapter 13 and in Matthew 24, the Olivet Discourse, it is in the context of the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. There would be some signs, listen, there would be some signs leading up to the second coming of our Lord. There are no signs that need to take place in order for the rapture of the church to take place. Nothing, zero. Now the rapture takes place before the second coming. In the context of uh, Mark chapter 13, this is leading up to the second coming of our Lord, which will be at the end of the tribulation. What other apocalyptic signs, as it were, are happening today, right now, February the 23rd in 2020? Have you heard about the locust invasion in Africa? Anybody heard? about this massive invasion of Africa. They're already facing famine in Africa, and according to statistics and those who uh, are on the ground are telling us this is the worst locust invasion in decades. I've got a friend of mine as a missionary. Dave James is over in Africa right now. He's in... Uh, He's in Uganda, and he'll be in Ethiopia next week. Do you know the uh, locusts have come? This is 2020, beloved. This isn't 10 years ago. This isn't 50 years ago. This is today. The locusts have swarmed in this particular area, and uh, I don't have all the stats on it other than saying this. Uh, these are the facts. This is what's going on. I find it very interesting and intriguing that Jesus would say that there would be famines and pestilences and there would be wars and rumors of wars 
uh, all leading up to the time when he returns. I also find it very intriguing that he said there'd be false Christ, pseudo prophetai, rising in his name, claiming to be the Christ. I don't have to tell you about the earthquakes in diverse places. I just heard a report just the other day. Did you know there's a fault line somewhere over near Tennessee that is projected? Now you say, Pastor, you're being a doomsday alarmist. Hey, what do you think? Do you think that America is exempt from these catastrophic events taking place? Do you think that just because we are American Christians that, got, that, the, that these events will not uh, come upon our land? Well, you're crazy if you think that. We had better wake up. We had better realize. We, we just are at ease in Zion here in America. And we just feel like, well, I'm protected and, and my president and, and all my military, they're going to take care of me. Uh, you can't do anything about an earthquake. You can't do anything about a hurricane. You can't do anything about a tornado. Man's smart and man's sophisticated. But I want to tell you, uh, there are... Uh, events that are taking place and will take a place in the future. And I think it's a wake-up call for you and me. No wonder Paul said, knowing the time, it is high time to wake out of sleep. For our salvation is nearer than when we believe. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. Now, I know when you hear about messages like this, uh, many of you automatically cut me off right at the beginning because you say, well, we're not there, Pastor. Well, I want to tell you where we are. We're right here setting stages as to events that are taking place. And I've said it before, say it again, I'd have never dreamed we'd be right here and God bless America where we're at today, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. And you've got to admit that the hour is late. I don't know when the Lord's coming back, but I know this. I know that, praise God, he's calling his church. He's calling the saints. He's telling us that the hour is late. And whether we're going to go in death or whether we're going to go in the rapture, we better wake up. We better stand up. We better light up. Because, listen, people are dying without God. And right now we are salt and we're light. And God's placed us here in this community to be a mission house, to be a lighthouse on a hill, to share the good news. Oh, may God help us to hear the call today and recognize that, uh, oh yes, uh, that we are right now placed by God to make a difference. I told you earlier today that I had the flu this week. I had a flu shot. How many of y'all had a flu shot? I went ahead and took a flu shot. Hey, it doesn't matter. I went to the doctor, and the doctors confirmed it was influenza B. And that was early in the week. That's why I'm here today. But uh, anyway, the point is this. Uh, they in, and, of course, I'm in a lot of nursing homes. I'm in a lot of hospitals. I'm in a lot of, uh, you know, elderly people and dying and around crowds and so forth. And so Deanna kind of encouraged me to take a flu shot. I used to not and got the flu years ago. But I hadn't had the flu in my soul 20 years. But anyway, here's the point. They inoculate you with this virus. And the purpose of the flu shot is that you build up the immunity to fight off this particular virus. And uh, that is the purpose of having a flu shot. 
but sometimes it doesn't work. <laughs> and, uh, but anyway, I want to tell you something. Listen to me. I got to thinking about that. People of God right here at New Rocky Creek Baptist Church are blessed. They're blessed to hear the Word of God, blessed to be around the things of God. We're blessed as a church with God's presence and power. Hey, listen, let's don't take God for granted. Let's don't take God for granted. The danger of New Rocky Creek Baptist Church and me and you is to use God as a commonplace in our life. I see many Christians just taking God for granted, taking God as commonplace, coming to church and just things will be like they are all the time. And that's a danger, beloved. I think you need to shake yourself. You need to pinch yourself right now and say, Dear God, help me not to take you for granted. Help me not to just treat you as commonplace. Help me to recognize you are my Savior, my Lord. And so what, what I'm saying is this. Just like you're inoculated with this flu shot to, for the purpose of building up an immunity system to fight off the flu, I believe when you sit under the Word of God, Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, it's like a flu shot. It's like you build up an immunity, and if you're not careful, it doesn't matter. The world and the Bible and the things of God just don't matter. I hear it all the time. I'm building up, uh, I'm inoculated with Bible prophecy, and I'm inoculated with truth. But the danger is, the danger, the danger is just hearing the Word but not doing the Word. The danger is becoming lip service Christians. The danger is drawing near to God with your lips but your heart being far from Him. The danger is not allowing the Lord Jesus Christ to have His rule and reign in our hearts. And the danger is to not make a difference where God's got you right now. And I believe the Lord has called us for missions. I believe the Lord has called you right where you're at, your job. You may not be a pastor. You may not be a Sunday school teacher. You may be. But I'll tell you this. God's got you on your job for a reason. God's got you in your neighborhood and me in our neighborhood for a reason. And so may God help us to see that the things might seem to be falling apart in our life. I'm preaching to somebody, your marriage is seeming like it's just not going the way that you thought it would go. I'm preaching to somebody right now that you had other plans for your children and all of a sudden things hadn't turned out like you planned they were 20 years ago, 10 years ago. Things aren't going like you thought they would go. It seems like things are coming apart. I got good news for you. Yes, here in this context of Matthew, or rather Mark's Gospel chapter 13, things will be coming apart. But it's good news in the midst of that that God is going to hold some things together. Are things really falling apart? Or are things coming together? You'll notice chapter 13, verse 23. You'll notice this in chapter 23. I'm sorry, chapter 15. You'll notice after the Lord Jesus talks about these signs, apocalyptic signs. Uh, then he says, now, now listen, y'all listen to me now. There's extreme on here. On the one extreme, there are the sensationalist preachers who are saying this is the time. Jesus is coming back. And they're selling books and they're making movies. But the other extreme is to say, oh, well, he hadn't come back and I'm just going to continue to live that way. That's dangerous as well as predicting these are signs. The, Paul said we're to watch. And Paul said we're to wait. And Jesus said we're to watch and we're to pray. And we're to occupy till he comes. 
But I see if we're not careful, we can say, I've been hearing this stuff for years. You preachers are talking about Jesus coming back. Yeah, a thousand years is one day, and one day is a thousand years. Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 8. But wait a minute. What's going to take place? Things are coming together. I'll tell you what's going to take place. I think this is moving one step closer to the Lord to come back again. When he comes, I don't know. But I know we're to be ready. I know we're to be ready. Look at chapter 13, verse 23. I love what Jesus said. But take heed. Behold, I have foretold you all things. The Lord said this shouldn't catch you by surprise. This shouldn't surprise you. I have foretold you this. Now, what's going to take place? You know what's going to take place? I'll tell you, we're moving closer to the rapture than we've ever been. I believe that. According to the Bible, it could happen any moment. And I believe there's no doubt that nothing, absolutely zero uh, events need to take place in order for the rapture to take place. Now, listen, in case you missed it, I want to repeat what I said a moment ago. Listen, there are no signs, zero, leading up to the rapture of the church. Zero, no signs. Matthew chapter 24, Mark chapter 13 is in the context of not the rapture, but the second coming of Christ. These are signs after the rapture, leading up to the coming of our Lord in glory and power. And so we don't have to look for the signs, although these are stage-setting events that are taking place. It lets us know that we're nearer than we've ever been. It lets us know that it's later than it's ever been. And the Lord, somebody put it this way, Michael's going to... Michael's going to toot, uh, toot his horn and we're going to scoot, amen. The Lord will descend from heaven with a shout. Paul made that clear. And the voice of the archangel, the trump of God, the dead in Christ shall rise first. Those of us that are alive and remain will be caught up together within the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. That's called the snatching away, caught up together. Also referenced in 1 Corinthians 15, I show you a mystery, Paul said. We should not all sleep. We should all be chained in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. Do you have these events in your mind? Can you talk sensibly and logically with somebody about the end time events? I want to tell you, there's lost people that are wondering about you and me who come to church if we know a little bit about what's going to happen in the Bible. And they're asking questions. I see this as a great opportunity for the church, for Christians, to be able to, as Peter said, sanctify the Lord your God and be ready to answer every man of the reason of the hope that's within you with meekness and with fear. You know what's going to happen? I'll tell you. Jesus said, in my Father's house and many mansions, if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am there, you may be also. And in the context, no doubt, he was referencing uh, the custom of a Jewish wedding in regards, and the disciples would understood that, but also him coming to take us to the Father's house. Well, what's going to take place after the rapture? I mean, if the Lord should come back today, how many of you are ready for the Lord to come back today? Be ye also ready, for you think not the hour the Son of Man comes. I got a feeling there are going to be some who aren't ready. And there's some of you, you got your, uh, uh, got your, uh, uh, anchors and all, and maybe some things uh, 
uh, you know, like Lot's wife. She couldn't stand to leave Sodom. She had to turn around, remember Lot's wife. And there's a lot of people that got their heart and their treasures are here on earth and they can't stand to leave them. I'm telling you, there's nothing wrong with having things, but we got to be willing to turn loose those things. And here's the deal, man. See if you agree with me. It seems like, and you men can relate what I'm fixing to say, it seems like us men, we work, we work, we work, we work, and, and you, you, when you're younger, you, you try to plan, you try to, you try to build, you get a, build a house, you get some land, you get a job, you know, you get a family, and then all of a sudden, we're all, all of us are, are, are forced to think about taxes and think about insurance and think about how to get ahead and think about retirement and think about 401K and think about Social Security. We're bombarded all the time about these things. And if we're not careful, and there's nothing wrong with those things, but here's our challenge. Our challenge is those things begin to dominate us and they begin to control our life instead of letting the Lord control our life. There's nothing wrong with planning. Uh, James put it this way. The, the Lord wills I'll go to such and such a city. There's nothing wrong with planning. There's nothing wrong with being blessed. But there is something wrong when we put our trust and our dependence on things instead of the Lord. That's a good place to say amen. And, and men, this is where we're at. We've we got to be thinking about this all the time. You're thinking about this all the time, aren't you? I know you are. You're thinking about this all the time, aren't you? You've got to be thinking about it all the time. You've got to be staying on top of stuff all the time. If you're not staying on top of stuff all the time, then next thing you know, something slips through the cracks. And next thing you know, you, you say, man, I didn't know I was going to. And, 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 and it's just a challenge, is it not, men, to stay focused on the will of God, spiritual things, instead of the things on earth. I just described a lot of our people right there. It is hard to get out of this mindset. We're all in this world and we're all working and trying to make a living and trying to pay our bills and trying to lay up for, you know, retirement and, and Social Security and 401. And, 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 and see, this is dominating us. This is controlling us if we're not careful. Instead of, and, and I'm not saying we shouldn't focus on those things, but how many know there's a balance? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Listen to what Paul said. That's Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. And take no thought of tomorrow, for tomorrow shall take thought of itself. Sufficient is the day thereof. Can I just go on the record and say this? The reason many people aren't serving God more is because they're too consumed with things. And the more things we get, the more we got to pay. And the more we pay, the more we got to make. Can I get a witness? And, and, and see, this is, what's, this is what's robbing us of enjoying life. This is what's uh, stealing away our purpose for living and uh, God's intention for us to be conformed to His image. And this is what's... This is what's zapping us of joy and peace. It is. And, and so you say, but pastor, I'm having a hard time balancing the load. I understand. I am too. That's why I'm preaching this. I'm preaching it myself as well as you. But, 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 but wait a minute. You mean I can, I can 
Paul said, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. But Christ sit at the right hand of God. Set your affections on the things above. You're dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. Colossians 1, verses, I'm sorry, chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. But listen what Paul said. He said, I have learned to be content in whatever circumstance I'm in. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 12. Hey, look. He had to work. He, had, he understood these principles. And Jesus said, render to Caesar, Caesar, but God's God's. Can you keep the balance? Watch this. Your, your work life. I know what you're thinking. Some people say this. I've heard it and said it. Man, all I do is work. All I do is work. I go to work. I go home. I go to work. I go home. Wait a minute. I understand that. But if, you all, if you're going to let, if you're gonna let uh, things dominate you, it will dominate you. You've got to prayerfully consider, God, you uh, set my life and help me to set my priorities in my life. Help me to know how much time to invest in this, how to, how to spend my time wisely. Redeem the time, the days are evil. Hey, y'all, listen, I'm not saying this critically, but probably a lot of us today could uh, rearrange our time schedule. We do what we want to do. We do what we want to do. And we got more time than sometimes we really realize. But anyway, so, so the point is this. Uh, are things coming apart or are they coming together? Uh, are you ready? Are you ready for the coming of the Lord? Well, you need to get ready because the Antichrist, if you'll notice Mark chapter 13, look what Jesus said would take place after the rapture of the church. Verse 14, but when you shall see the abomination of desolation Spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing where it ought not, let him that readeth understand, let him, then let them that be in Judea flee to the mountains. He's saying this, that the Antichrist is right now, uh, that is, the Antichrist will one day come and will set himself in the temple and show himself as God. Well, I believe, beloved, uh, right now there are some events taking place in our world this globalism, this socialism, and all these things that are coming down the pike is, is paving the way somewhere down the future uh, for this man of sin, this one world leader, uh, to have the answers. Can you all hear me? He's going to say this, peace and safety. Isn't that what the world wants to hear? Peace and safety. And even have a pseudo-peace as he confirms the covenant with Israel only to break the covenant halfway, according to Daniel chapter 9 and verse 27. And so, people who don't read their Bible, they have no idea what I'm talking about. But we, the people of God, have read the Bible. And that's what Jesus said. He said in chapter 13, verse 23, Take heed, behold, I have told you all these things. And so, the question I want to propose to you, what should we do now? Uh, are things falling apart? Are things coming together? Is God bringing it together? Here's the good news. God is bringing it together. And God, uh, he said, take heed, watch and pray. You know not when the time has come. That's how it should be our response. I've said it before and I'm going to say it again. I can save uh, us a lot of money. Uh, a lot of the uh, doctor's appointments we have, not all, granted, but a lot of them are dealing with stress. And uh, the people of God are under stress today. And, and, and God's given us an outlet to deal with stress. 
and deal with worries if we'll take it to the Lord and, and not try to carry it ourselves and not try to fix it ourselves. And so the Lord is saying to us today, He's saying to you and me that uh, I made you uh, for my glory. I know what you can hold up under. You can only hold up so much. I know you're trying to hold up under everything, but if you'll, if you'll trust me, if you'll cast your burden on me, I'll, I'll sustain you. I'll help you through it. I don't know anybody that wouldn't want to trust the Lord for that. And so what should we be doing? Is God bringing it together? Yes, he is. He's bringing it together. Look at verse 33. Take heed, watch and pray, for you know not when the time is come. Watch and pray, you know not when the time is come. What in the world is going on? I'll tell you. God is testing and allowing our faith to be tested these days. And I see many Christians walking around, the sky is falling. Chicken little syndrome, the sky is falling. Many people, they hear the word of God, but for some reason are not putting into practice what we're talking about praying. And the end result is heartquakes. And the end result is anxiety. And the end result is panic attacks. And the end result is listening to the deceptive lies of the enemy. Oh, yes, but the Lord is telling us, what should we do? Be watchful. Be waiting. Be worshiping. Be working. That's what we should do. We should be watching, waiting, witnessing, working. I wonder today, as you stand to your feet,